Welcome to True's Days with Noah and Gav, brought to you by the TV Arc and the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gav. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back this week to talk about True Detective Season 3, Episode 7, The Final Country. The the penultimate episode. What did you think, brother? Are you amped going into the finale? Are you a little, like, a little cooled down? How you feeling? Oh man, I was going back and forth this entire episode. I was like freaking out, and then I was like, oh shit, that means so definitely going to have to go through and watch everyone up until the finale for next Sunday. Um, And then we got to figure out a time we can actually sit down, you and me, and like talk about this thing before that Tuesday. So either... I don't know. I may have to just take half a Monday or something to come down there. But uh but yeah, everything that I thought was going to happen kind of did. You uh you definitely called the whole thing with not us not seeing Tom alive anymore, which was kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh we but, can we can start there. Very bummed out that we don't get any more scoot. And uh yeah, as soon as as soon as we saw cops pulling up to that to the tower at Devil's Den, I was like, "Please don't be up there." And of course he was. Yeah, that was a that was a major bummer. Yeah, we I mean we finally get to see what happened between the two of them that kind of like started their uh, their schism and their friendship where they were no longer friends anymore. Mm-hmm. We uh, we we got to talk about the the big fine finally what, what 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 big thing happened this episode Noah? I mean I mean lots of things, but we'll we'll save the the ending for for when we get to it. Oh, I was talking about the laptop. Oh, the laptop. Yeah, no, we can we can start there. A uh, lot of stuff in 2015. Where I really want to start is we have a new timeline, brother. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, we're getting stuff from uh, somewhere, you know, presumably in the early 2000s. Um, well, no. It would, when, when are we talking here, theoretically? We're talk, thinking like maybe 2005, 2006-ish? Yeah, because she's... Hmm. She would be 18 going as a freshman to college. I'm How not old quite, is she in 90? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of vague. So yeah, I'm thinking mid, you know, early to mid-2000s. And they seem like they're... Uh, presumably Amelia is, is dead at this point. We still don't quite know what went down there. And I, I, again, that's why I want to rewatch too. I'm going to make the effort to try and do that all before Sunday, but I'm, I'm watching quite a few other shows right now. I don't know about you. We can maybe talk about that on the tail end, but I've been watching a lot of new TV lately. Um, anyways, so Amelia's not there, but they seem like they have a pretty solid relationship. So whatever, you know, shit with Becca, we were maybe thinking in the back of our head doesn't seem like that's quite how that's going to pan out. No, also, not, given not that, that we we so. see some images of him, presumably from that timeline again, in the promo for the finale, and now I'm really scared <laughs> that uh, that something really bad happened to Becca. 
um, maybe some sort of retribution uh, way down the line by Hoyt, possibly, or an as-of-yet unknown party. Who knows? Uh, But yeah, so I thought it was interesting that they introduced that this late in the game, that, like, here's this other little timeline that we haven't shown you yet. Okay, so back to 2015, yes. She basically lays out her conspiracy theory for him. And I, well, first of all, I love the cut from, like, you know, did you ever presume that maybe Tom Purcell wasn't a suicide? He's like, no, made, made sense. He had, you know, had a lot of reasons to. <laughs> Boom. Cut to them back in the 90s, and they're just like, no fucking way. Like, they don't buy this shit. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and of course, through some old school uh, police work, uh, you know, the, the phone number, the phone records that he had been waiting on and he's, he's frustrated. The case is essentially closed again. It's another Woodard scenario. Uh, Kent and the higher ups are just like, all right, no, it was him. Uh, yeah, there's a letter there. Totally makes sense. <laughs> this distraught father who decided to kill himself, you know, took the time to go type up a suicide note. I don't even know if there is a typewriter in his home, but, uh, yeah. So he did that. Do you figure Tom for typing up a letter like that? Like, no, not at all. Yeah. Just the, and the context of events too. It's like, so he let, you know, he left the police station distraught, goes home, does this, goes out to devil's den, supposedly the scene of the original crime, which I, that was never a thing. Like, did they ever find any actual evidence in that tower that that was like, oh, they were brought here? I don't remember that being a thing. I thought they found dolls in the tower or something. I, I want to say that, well, didn't they find his bike under the tower? Because the, uh, the one kid, like, was messing with and just threw it kind of down towards the tower area. I, again, why we should probably watch these earlier episodes again. Yeah, Especially definitely. knowing, essentially at this point, it seems like we kind of know where everything's going. Uh, there is kind of the lingering thing of Mr. June. You want to talk about that for a little bit? Uh, I mean, yeah. What? I mean, I also, I don't, I, I can't really, I don't see the purpose of it unless it was Mr. June and Lucy. Lucy had Mr. June help take the kids and they were just going to sell them and get rid of them. Like, you know, he, Harris tells them like, you don't need to really worry about Lucy and, and her, uh, her nephew or cousin or whatever like they're they're not really that great of people mm-hmm. you know but i i don't know i don't know where that angle like you know well and we... also okay so they bring in the larger conspiracy they directly connect it to season one and they're talking about child pedophile ring which has kind of been in the background of all of this but do you think that's what this is at this point because i think this is an isolated incident Hoyt's daughter, distraught after her daughter and her husband have died. She's holed up in the house, you know, probably going nuts. Very noir trope, totally. So they concoct this plan to to get her a child to raise as her own. And then because they're prominent figures and they have the means, like, you know, when, when shit goes awry, which is presumably the only thing that went awry here, is Will. 
and his yeah. involvement. Like, the shit doesn't go down with Will. There's no need for a cover-up. There's no need for all of this other stuff because presumably, like, she just goes missing and, and that's that, maybe. Because if they don't have a body or anything to presume, this would probably have been a cold case for all this time. Doesn't matter, you know, Lucy plays distraught if she needs to, depending on how involved she is here. Like, who, who knows? Or, you know, every, everybody's going off of the assumption that it's uh, Julie is potentially Dan's daughter, and they both collectively decided to sell her off, or maybe it was Dan's idea. Who knows? Whatever. But I've also heard it floated that, like, what if she had an affair with Hoyt or somebody within that, and it's like, it, it it's blood, it's Hoyt blood, essentially, at this point. Like, Julie is, you know, the Hoyt granddaughter in some way, shape, or form. I, I don't know. Presumably all will be revealed in what I hope is an awesome showdown, which I thought we were going to get this episode, but I loved that we didn't at the same time. I love that we still have not seen uh, Rooker yet. We've only heard him. Yeah, no, that, that whole end scene was terrifying, but before we move on, um, I had an idea just sitting there, and I was like, what if, what if, what if the director lady is Julie Purcell? You, you've floated this before, and other people have floated this before. It just, the age makes no sense. The really, age though? Does, the age does not make sense. Okay, so it's 2015. So she will be 10 and 90. Or no, well, no, no she, was, she would not be 10 in 90. She was taken, she, she was taken in, in 80. Okay. Yeah. And she's what, eight or nine years old? Is that correct? Or is she older? I, she was younger, I thought. Re- regardless, we're talking 35 years from 1980. And she is at least over the age of five. So you're telling me that Sarah Gadone is supposed to be in her early 40s? Because I do not buy that at all. That would be such a huge stretch. Well, I mean, if, like, she's been living with that Hoyt money, you know, you get all the facelifts you need, all the best of the best. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think that's possible. I don't know what Eliza's... Uh, real function is here because I also thought we were maybe going to get a little bit more of a payoff of last week's scene with Henry and like, okay, this knowledge is semi out in the open. Don't know how he's dealt with it with his wife, but we didn't even get a hint of that or any kind of like tension between them at all this episode. So I didn't really know what to make of it. I still feel like she's kind of up in the air. Mr. June's involvement whether he was complicit initially and then realized what he was doing essentially and then helped to break her out once he realized what was going on and this like brainwashing and like this really fucked up scenario, who knows? Um, I feel like those are kind of the, the wild cards, if you will. And also who, who's in that sedan, who is in that sedan in the 2015 timeline. Um, I don't know. That's a really good. Qu- maybe no. Maybe it's um. Uh, maybe it is the the uh, the daughter. Maybe it's his own his daughter. Uh, maybe who knows why? Becca. Why would she? Why would Becca be running off? 
Well, you think about it. We don't see we don't see this car show up until after we're told something happened between him and Becca, right? I mean, there's never they don't show a car, there's nobody out looking until after the I don't scene. see I don't see that it's directly connected to that, but okay. You know what I'm saying? So presumably after the dinner scene, the brother could call and be like, you know, you you know, this is dad's doing this, he's doing this with the show, yada 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 yada. And I don't know, maybe 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 it's not her. I I have no idea. One thing I did want to say that I had this weird thought. Maybe it's not gonna happen. But and they're like you know, we know Wayne has a problem with his memory. What if it's because he gets like the shit beat out of him, like repeated blows to the head? I I have I've suggested this like three times so far in this series, but well, yeah, like this is what's going to happen. Like he, when when they take him to visit Hoyt mm-hmm. and whatnot, it's not a nice sit down. It's a we're going to beat the shit out of you for what you did to our guy, and you know tell him that he needs to forget about this and. You know, knowing that he's going to get a beat down again or like worse could happen to his family. But just the sheer like result of his injuries, like they weren't really trying to beat it out of him that he would forget it. But just by virtue of like everything aligning right, he does have this block and like he can't remember things from then on. You know, like how well it went, and he's having the only way he's it's, really able to figure it's out exactly possible, what he did. But again, he seems to have most of his faculties intact in that little in between early two thousand scene that we get. It doesn't really seem like the turn has happened till later, which lends more credence to its old age, and it's something yeah. that has you know developed, not necessarily that it was from an injury, which is kind of why I kind of backed off of that theory. I think it, it it comes down to whatever they threaten him with is enough to scare him off entirely. Uh, but then something happens in the intervening years that puts him back on this. Beyond just, you know, the ghost of Amelia and all of his regrets and everything, like, actively haunting him. Um, may, maybe there's something to the fact that we just saw that. And again, it seems like it's going to come up in the finale. So, yeah. We could sit here and speculate, but I, I kind of just want to see what happens. I I love, again, that I feel like we've gotten most of our big answers, and now we're going to get details. There might be a twist or turn here or there, but I think we're going to come to some sort of real like emotional conclusion and resolution. Uh, maybe not as much of a, a huge plot like, oh my god, I didn't see that coming, because... You know, both both of the previous seasons have not really had those. Even you know the finale of two, as bleak and dark and you know messed up as it was, uh, it it kind of just like oh we're gonna burn through the mystery in the first little chunk, and then it's gonna be all character stuff at the end, and like saying goodbye to these people. Did so, they already say that this was gonna be an hour and a half, or no? They haven't, but I, I assume we'll get at least a few extra minutes. I don't know if it's going to be so. a full-on hour and a half or not, but I, I hope so. Because I, I would really love if the the Hoyt sit-down is right at the top of the episode and we see the fallout of everything post that. But if it's saved for the very end, like that could be interesting too. I, I, I don't know. I, 
Okay, wait, do you want to talk more plot stuff, or do you just want to talk about some of the highlights? Because we mentioned the car outside. The old man detective work oh, in this dude, episode. Dude, them wearing I, their badges when they went to talk to the old lady? I thought that was, like, one, badass, but also, two, if I'm thinking of it, like, the cutest thing ever. Like, old grandpas with their with their badges, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> do getting shit done. Like, you know, play. The, 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 the badges don't mean shit. And then she even says, like, well, y'all, y'all, y'all police after all this time, and they don't even—they don't even like—they don't—they sh- shut that down real quick, and they keep going. And it's like no. And then when, dude, when he has that moment of just like, oh, Becca, is your stuff back? And it's just like, oh shit, like she's gonna know something's up. But yeah. hey, hey man, just the way Roland just like yeah takes him out of it, I thought that was great. That was great stuff. Um. But yeah, the whole set, dude. When he rolls out there with the bat in hand and the pistol behind him, I'm like, dude, I, you know, we've been joking around about like how much can they actually do at this point. But I think they could, you know, together. It seems like they could they could stand a fighting chance against like a couple people, maybe. I don't know. They seem to still have their wits about them. Yeah, I feel like that. That really goes back to like them them together through everything like the shootout and then of course nom and everything it's like that muscle memory will never go away they it's like whenever it's game time it's game time and they got everything it's not so much mentally it's just physically what they can do how quick can they move at that age but like mentally they're on top of their game and i think that kind of speaks to again the whole idea of like he if he can go back through this thing and think and like read it and figure it out. He'll be back. Not necessarily that he'll unlock his, his dementia will be gone or he'll be cured of it, but he'll at least know for himself what exactly happened in this bit of his life that he's forgotten. Mm -hmm. And same thing with this, where they're like, like, I thought it was going to get crazier than that. And I look back and I see it and he's like, did you get it? And I was like, Oh dude, it wasn't about confronting. It was about, you know, the old switcher or the old, uh, yeah, blindside. No, that, like that was very nowhere. satisfying, and then it transitions into what I'm gonna say is probably the best uh, directorial bit of a Sackheim episode thus far, um, when he's just bathed in darkness, essentially the one little bit of light, and then like walking towards the fire in the distance, which of course is him burning the clothes after what goes down with Harris James. Let's jump back to that scene. Okay, dude. <laughs> Uh, so him talking Roland into it, invoking Tom and all of that, which I love the way they played all of that stuff. Cause in my head, I'm like, yeah, dude, do it for Tom. Like if you're going to do it for anybody at this point, other than just like wanting to know the mystery and figure everything out, like it's pretty clear that these guys just off Tom, like they're trying to cover their tracks, like, you know, and Roland has personal connection and everything, but and Wayne's just hitting it so hard to the point that I'm just like, dude, like seriously. And then Roland calling him on it and just like, I'm not simple, man. I, I thought that was perfectly played. Uh, so they even go more, get it. Even more than go that, ahead. going back real quick, the scene where Tom's like, I'm out of here. And Roland's like, I'm going to give you my personal number. Like the start of that friend. Oh, you know, yeah, he helped him out, took him home from the bar, gave him a place to stay. But mm-hmm. that extra touch of like, okay, well, here's my number. Call me if you need me. You know, like, I'm here. And, yeah, part of me feels, you know, I 
I simultaneously feel like we've got a lot we've got to get to in the finale, but also we could linger on some things. I wonder if we will get one more scene of Scoot alive, because maybe there is the one more moment where he pulled him out of a really dark place that wasn't just that bar that night that we saw already, um, but is like he actually called him up later down the road pre-him getting like born again, essentially. And that's what led to him getting his shit together. I don't know if we need to see that scene, but it could bring home some like emotional resonance for Roland that we maybe won't get into, you know, through the Wayne storyline. But we'll see. Plus, I just I, I just want Scoot back just for a yeah, little man. bit. Yeah. Um, he was so great last episode, man. I loved Angry Scoot, and again that like freak out in the interrogation scene. I, I think. Uh, some of his best work this season so yeah that i mean that's but, real because that's i mean to me that's anybody it doesn't mm-hmm. matter you know even if you if you you know no way that's like that's my worst fear like that's my like being sat down in a room being like well, well what'd you do mm-hmm. i didn't do anything yeah but did you do this like not not being able to tell like like not someone not being able to be like i didn't do this you have no like whatever and just that 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 yell, man, that's like guttural. I am all alone. I have nobody. And this guy mm-hmm. that I thought I had as a buddy is turned against me now. And I am truly alone. Like I have nothing. My you know, my, my kids are gone. My wife's been dead. My wife's my ex wife, whatever, she's dead. And I thought I had a friend in, in, in West and now he is just he's left me too. And that that like you know, it's just that that was like my favorite scene of his thus far this year for sure uh okay so yeah farewell to scoot presumably uh we're we're gonna be seeing mr june again i'm excited for stephen williams uh interested to see how he figures in and i I can't wait for rooker dude i mean the second we heard him on the phone i was just you know a chill went down my spine and you know he very concisely is like hey I'm right, you know, I can come in right now. I'm right outside. Uh, Dude, no, you totally got me sidetracked. I jumped to the end of the episode. The Harris James interrogation showdown. They rip him out of the car, dude. Like, the... (laughs) Hayes with the, you know, oh, is he reaching for this? Like, just holding up the, the six shooter. I, like... All of that stuff and the score in this section, I thought was standout. Um, oh, definitely. The the build to and then that crap, you know, smash cut to the camera just whooshing through uh, the field, headed towards the barn that we've seen the muse before. And this and then this did not play out at all like I expected it to. That was kind of a runner through most of the what I thought were going to be big reveal scenes this episode. But we don't really get anything from him. Like, no, of substance. Not at all. Yeah. Um, very, like, almost an echo of, uh, of episode five in season one. When, you know, oh, I'm maybe getting somewhere with Reggie Ledoux. Oh, actually, there's kids here. I'm about to blow this guy's head off right now. It's over. Um, and I, I thought that's what it was going to escalate to is like he was actually going to reveal some stuff and they were going to be so repulsed by what they found out that they're like, this guy's got to go down. But I mean, 
good hell of an acting job with the whole like you crack my ribs I can't breathe all of that stuff because I simul I'm sitting there and I'm like I, I wouldn't uncuff him like I would not uncuff him right now don't but do also, that if this guy dies but right also here, how, but how uh, you yeah but it? also if he dies you guys are fucked as well and then for it to escalate from that to like they both end up shooting him like so they're got up they're both into it. It, it. it can't be like, oh, dude, you fucked up or I fucked up. It's like, okay, it was kind. Of, it was kind of a mutual thing, other than the fact that you know, Roland did not want to be out there in the first place, but he quote unquote got dragged or talked into it. But again, because he addressed, he's like, I know you're trying to manipulate me with Tom. I'm aware of that. It's like he definitely came here on his own accord. But yeah, because he told you, said I didn't put a gun to your head. You know, you did this. Whatever, whatever, and even even when he's, I just love when he was older. Later on, when they got the badges on, he's like, "It was wrong of me what I did, using Tom to to get you to come out there. Like it was wrong." And he yeah, like, and another man. Yeah, dude, that stuff was great. Just uh, the moments of him kind of falling through time, but like within a scene where you really get to see like his mental state deteriorating. But it's like. We, as viewers, just saw him recall that sequence from the 90s. He, in his present of 2015, is thinking about that. In the Also wrapped up with the stuff we just saw with Becca earlier in the episode. And all of that like is woven into his 2015 interrogation of the... I guess she, she was like a former worker at the Hoyt residence... Yeah, she worked there as well. She's uh, okay. Gotcha. And so, Mister Ju- Mister like, June was always separate from them. Nobody was allowed to go downstairs into the basement after level, especially after nineteen eighty, when presumably Julie is down there living in her special, you know, pink room castle, whatever. Okay. Uh, I think I, I think I've got it figured out. This is this is how it's going to roll. So, okay, lay it on okay. the table. All right. Maybe I'm, so the director chick says that while there was no evidence two other or two other like this ring these these people that Russ and Marty took down being part of a larger circle they couldn't find any evidence of it it doesn't mean that they weren't. So they so. this is 90, right? We're talking what and what is ninety? The way I'm okay. So the way <laughs> no, I'm trying to I'm trying to theorize this. My my whole thing, but the years may be off, so it may not track. But the the one thing I'm thinking that would make Wayne or anybody just be like, okay, I'm done. I'm quitting the force. Is if Hoyt takes him back to wherever. And he shows them, he shows Wayne, like, the Marie Fontenot video of her in the woods. The one that every man has looked at and been like, oh, God, you mm-hmm. know, that, that would be, I don't think it can work out because of the years, because I'm, I know the first season was, they're watching that, obviously, in present day, but they don't date that video, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know when, he said that. Well, he said he broke into the Tuttle residence and he house, found yeah. it. So we have no idea when that video was taken. So theoretically, 
in 90, he could have, uh, you know, the Hoyt, the Hoyt people could be the larger, you know, ring of all this. And yeah, it really was connected, even though there was no evidence, because these guys don't leave evidence. They don't leave anything. It's why Billy Lee Tuttle, you know, committed suicide or did whatever after his safe got stolen, because he knows somebody was going to come do it to him anyway if he didn't. Or maybe somebody did, and we were meant to believe he committed suicide. But that's mm-hmm. the one thing I'm thinking, like, you already kind of set it up, obviously, to, you know, these all exist in the same timeline. But that's the one thing I'm thinking throughout all this you could threaten his family. Yes. You could threaten, Hey, this is your secret. We know what you did. You need to, you know, whatever. But what if he decides to go noble cop and be like, Hey, I did this and I'm going to fight the good fight. Well, what's the insurance policy? Hey, look at this video. See what happens to this little girl in this video. That could be your daughter. Remember that. And that's it. Like that would be the craziest thing to like wrap it all back into the same you know these are the the at large pedophile group but again, again you said earlier well that's what maybe. i'm saying presuming that that's all of what it is or that hoyt specifically connected to that or is it just flavor for the world and it does kind of connect to season one but maybe he thinks her grand like theory is too crazy or maybe he's maybe he's gaming her because he wants to see what path she's on and whether she's the person to possibly take this further because he can't, on the books, do anything because if it's known publicly that he aided, he's still scared that Hoyt or Hoyt remnants might come after him or his family or might be doing that right now because they know that he is talking to these people. Yeah, that's true. So I'm saying if it's a, you know, basically silence you for the rest of your life kind of thing and we give you your life and it's like, okay, well, maybe you forgot that you made this promise, motherfucker. And now you're talking to, you know, somebody who seems to have done their homework and has independent, you know, secondhand autopsies and all of this extra information. And it's like we we want it to be connected because we want to say season one, you know, and season three are going to meld together at some point. We're going to get to see them all on screen. But it seems like what we've been given is a setup where it's like they needed this one girl. Maybe they went through means of procurement, which is related to this grander conspiracy and theme or whatever. But I don't know that that's Hoyt necessarily. But maybe he does have a thing for for young, you know, young kids. So you're saying like Mr. June ran with the, with the child traffickers? Like he was employed to like snatch kids? And, you know, that Hoyt needed a kid snatch, but not for pedophile stuff, just to, like, appease the the lady who lost her kid and husband. His daughter. His yes. daughter, yeah. Replacement granddaughter for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is a, per, That's a way it could be all connected, but it seems pretty straightforward that it's just, like, they needed her for these purposes and maybe they're not connected to this greater scheme. Maybe if anything, they are aware of it because Hoyt's a rich fucking dude and maybe he has friends and that was an extra thread to like throw them off. Cause everything has been about sabotaging the investigation and it's like, Oh no, go off on this whole theory and be investigating these people. And you, you will never get the actual story of what actually happened. But again, I'm pretty sure he gets the full story in 90 and gets told to forget it or gets made to forget it like you're saying so i i don't know 
it could go a lot of ways, but. Or maybe he what? just wants to know, like it, he doesn't, you know, because he's, well, he's the one that keeps pushing it and it's like once he finds out, that's it for him. You know what I mean? Just because he knows what, what, what actually happened. Maybe they give him the whole story and he's just like, okay, all right. And they're like, you know, don't do this or whatever. He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do a damn thing. I just, I needed to know what happened because it's, yeah, a bunch of his cases didn't get solved, but this case is the foundation for pretty much the rest of his life. And yeah. if he has no idea what happened for, you know, the rest of his life, you know, from, from then out, he needs to know the whole truth and if it was, oh, well, you know, they were, we, we bought this kid or we paid the mom off and the mom was just supposed to let him go, but she wasn't around for some reason, or it's just supposed to be the girl by herself, but the brother was there, you know, what you, whatever. And, you know, and, and pretty much that's that, but it's, it all goes back to like this case just being like this, like vine or like weed or like whatever like a virus that's just weaved its way through this man's life since 1980 mm -hmm. and he's never been in control of it never been to get rid of it and it's still now like the one thing he needs to figure out come to terms with and deal with in order to have a clear picture of what his life remembering his life for what it was yeah you know i more than anything like Regardless of how dark things may get, I'd really just want him to be able to get some closure. And I hope closure is not him using that gun that's been in the nightstand the whole season. Um, I hope it does not go that route. I hope it's him coming to terms with everything and then hopefully, you know, being able to actually enjoy <laughs> the time that he has left with... Hope I'm hoping Beck is still around. I hope that doesn't go really dark, but you know, enjoying the time that he has left with Henry and kind of at peace and not haunted by these ghosts every night, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and just ease into old age, which which he's already done. But I, yeah, more than anything, I just I've heard he even said early on, this is the most hopeful thing we you know I've done so far, and I don't even know if you can consider the the story noir with where it ultimately goes. So it sounds like it is, there's going to be some hopeful element to it. A la season one where, where the light is winning, but that's where also it's like, if there's the giant conspiracy element and again, we're going to have the feeling of like, they got one, but you know, you can't, you know, you can't beat city hall. You can't take down the giant structure behind everything. Um, I would like to see at least, you know, that structure have like a brick or two removed possibly something oh, yeah. a little bit grander than what we saw in season one when it's like when you really backtrack and look at the microcosm of it it's like you know they they really did just scratch the surface and that's why it would also be great to see like where where did rust and marty go after that because you're really going to tell me that both of those guys put down that case you're going to tell me Rust after he got out of the hospital, even with that moment of clarity, was not still haunted by like, no, we got to get them all. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you touch darkness, sometimes it touches back. So, if you yeah, just scratch the sometimes surface. that happens. Maybe we just leave it at that. I, I feel like we did shortchange Amelia a little bit. Another scene where it's like, 
she has a big sit down, you think something's going to come of it, and really nothing other than Dan and Mr. June had some sort of affiliation. And that scene is more about the, the freak out moment where maybe the kids have gone, which I thought was perfectly played. And again, the levels of tension the show manages to get to where it's like, beginning of the episode, we, we saw Becca alive and fine uh, in an older timeline. We know nothing happens to her there as a kid. And at the end of this episode, you know, the, the march to that car is so tense, and I'm freaking out, and again, I'm not looking at the episode counter, so for all I know, I'm about to see Michael Rooker, they're about to go into the showdown, it's going to be the very end of the episode, and I'm like on the edge of my seat, you know, and then it, you know, we stop just, just shy of it, I really hope the episode opens with it, but I don't know, but again, the level of tension I feel, and it's like, I know he walks out of this. Yeah, that's I know he comes out of this hero. fine, and I'm like the the level of investment I have in just knowing that like this is a big scene, this is a big moment for for Wayne personally. I have the same level of investment as if like this story was told chronologically, and I didn't know that he's going to walk out of whatever scenario he's about to walk into. I can't even imagine trying to like. I mean, I'm sure somebody could do it with what we have, but like. With technology, but I mean, I would love it if somebody basically went back, chopped all the 80 parts out and set them up chronologically, shot all the 90, cut all the 90 stuff out and loaded it up chronologically. And then the last part of it, the third part of the series is literally all his interviews and present day stuff. And you just get to see this man like he had it all and this case came around and it changed him and it came back to haunt him 10 years later and now he's here he is an old man and you just have every beat by beat showing you i mean you know it would take a lot of work but i'm sure somebody who had a lot of time to kill could do it i just i think that would be interesting story but um i think also when we have the full picture of the season which we will have by next sunday um i think going back and really looking at how all three of these time period connects I, th- I think there's going to be even more depth to it that we're maybe not fully grasping right now with like how much time we spend in a given time period in relation to others and at which points during the season. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll have, again, we'll talk our raw thoughts of the finale next week, same time as usual. And then the plan is maybe a week after that, maybe a little bit longer, we'll come back with a full-on season three deep dive, recap, rewatch, uh, talk about crazy theories. Gavin can bring in all of his real-life cases that he thinks are related. We can speculate oh, about where season four is headed, um, all sorts of stuff. So that is the plan. But uh, until next week, when we'll be back to discuss the finale uh, for this week, I have been Noah. And I have been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers, and we've been discussing True Detective Season 3, Episode 7, The Final Country. We will see you next week, gumshoes, only on Tuesdays. Well, I grabbed up my suitcase, took out down When I got there, you was laying on the cooling bus.